At Bellwether this month, not only are we celebrating Christmas, we're giving thanks that we now have a new worshiping home. And our Christmas series is titled, Welcome Home. So many people think about home during this season. So many people miss home. We sing home for the holidays. So we're using this time as we move into a new home to ask ourselves, where is our true home? Is our home in Jesus? Yes, we can come home for the holidays, and yes, we're thankful for a new worshiping home. But most important, for us and for you, we want our home to be in Jesus Christ. So this month, we'll see what is life like when home is in Jesus. Thank you for listening to our podcasts, and we do hope you will find your true home this Christmas in Christ our Lord. Heavenly Father, may we know that angels still speak. Not only do they speak, they sing out. Um, may we hear the voice of angels. May we hear the voice of your Holy Spirit saying, come home, saying, let me in, saying, saying our names as you know us deeper and more personal than we could ever fathom. But I pray we'd hear you. I pray we'd respond with our lives. So open up your word this Christmas evening briefly. Speak to us. And may we respond. In Jesus' name, amen. I just want to read uh, a couple verses. Uh, actually, uh, about five verses. It's going to be up on screen. And uh, it's Luke 2, verse 15 through 20. Uh, if you have your Bibles, you can, can follow along or you can simply listen. Luke two fifteen says, when the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them, in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. Famous passage, famous verses, story, I would argue probably all of us know. We love it, I love it, nativity scenes, shepherds, hearing what the angels said, as we sang on a holy night, going to the stable in the manger, seeing the child, seeing Mary, Joseph. But I want to highlight one verse in this passage, and it's, it's honestly one of my favorite verses in all of Scripture. And I've always wondered why Luke put this verse in the story. Verse 19, But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. I have... I've just always been fascinated by that verse. There's a mystery about it. Mary treasured these things and pondered with her heart. Usually you ponder with your mind, with her heart. And so I'd begin simply by asking you, uh, what do you treasure? What do you treasure? Uh, it'd be easy to answer, and I would say this, you know, I treasure, treasure family, loved ones, uh, children. Uh, hopefully you treasure your spouse. I, I treasure my spouse. 
holidays, Christmas, gatherings. You may not treasure uh, gatherings with people that, again, you're, you're thankful to see just once a year. But we want to treasure those times. And we do, there are loved ones, and, and we treasure those times. But I want to take this question a little deeper. I mean, I mean what do you treasure? Like, what, what gives you meaning and purpose? And you say, oh, my kids or my, my family. Yes, but no. What fulfills you? What, what makes it where this is what gives me life? Here's what I mean. There, there are three types of people, I believe, in, across the world. Regardless of nation, culture, language, there are three types, and they value three different things. And all three of you are, are here tonight. The first is the person who says, I treasure my work. As in, your work completes you. It, is, it gives you meaning and purpose. Perhaps it is being a, a doctor, an attorney, business, a writer, artist, teacher. But you live for your work. And you love it. And it's like, I, you know, I'm a worker. I was born to work. I was born to do. And this fulfills you. The other is the thinker. What you treasure most is your ability to figure out uh, or solve mysteries or puzzles or outthink uh, or outreason uh, or manipulate through your mind. And, and some of you are probably here tonight and you know, you're, you may be like agnostic or even atheist, and maybe you were drug here, I don't know, by your wife or maybe by your husband, or, you know, you're here, and there's probably nothing that I could really say that's going to convince you because, you know, you've already, you know, got your argument in place. So, I mean, that's, that's cool, and I'm not trying to, but I am saying that there are people who really, you know, they treasure their ability to, uh, know, to turn a phrase, to make an argument, to win the argument, treasure their mind. And then the third is the person who treasures the good things that they do. And this would be the, the religious person. You know, like, are we all religious? Yes, but Christianity is different. It's not about what we do. It's what Jesus did. And these are people who value so much what they do. Hey, I served today. Or I cooked you know, so many meals for so many people. Or I've gone on so many mission trips. Or I've led so many Bible studies. And they really put the value of their life and their being into what they've done. The good works, the religion that they've done. So people treasure their work, they treasure their mind, they treasure their their religion. I'd ask you to ponder that Jesus came to all three. And He came to all three immediately after He was born. First, He came to the worker the person who valued his work above all else, the shepherd. The shepherds were common people, common men, but their identity was around what they did. Tending, acting, and watching over the flock. Jesus came to the worker. Then Jesus came to the thinker, the wise men. We didn't read about them. We've preached about them over the last month. Who, who knew and studied and were learned and knew history and knew the Scriptures and knew the dates and came ultimately to the place and knew the stars. and they, 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 were, they treasured their minds. Jesus came to them. And then third, you say, oh, the religion, the religious guy. If you read on in Luke 2, we're not going to. There's a man named Simeon who was a priest. And Mary and Joseph took the baby to Simeon. 
who'd lived all his life for his religion, for his works, and the Christ child comes to him. No matter where you are, no matter what you treasure, and we treasure different things, and all of us make the mistake of finding fulfillment in either our work or our minds, our good works and our religion, Jesus invades our life. He comes to all of us. He comes to all of you. We see that in the story. Ponder that. Treasure that, that He comes to us all. But you may say, oh, that's great. Good point. Okay, Jesus comes and, you know, Christmas we celebrate He came as a baby. But you know what, preacher? I'm at the end of my rope, you might say. And you may be at the end of rope tonight. And you may be struggling. There are many who are. Many who are. I just today, I've had phone calls from family members up in Tupelo who uh, lost a, a grandson, police officer, shot last night as a wife, two little girls. Another phone call was a good friend uh, to his wife who, he was 40 and he tragically lost his life a month ago. Talked to a cousin, he's older but he knows this will be his last Christmas because of a debilitating illness. This is his last Christmas Eve. Had a conversation. I don't know if any of you are in those boats, but you may be like at the end of your rope with work. Or you may not be thinking that this is your last Christmas, but maybe there is a sickness or an illness or an impediment physically that you're struggling with. Or maybe you have lost someone so dear. Or maybe your marriage is like, you know, we've got to fake it again another Christmas. But you're at the end of your rope. You're like, that's great that He comes to us, but I'm not really feeling Him, and I don't really know where to go. I would encourage you, I'd, I'd beg you, but I don't really like to beg, but I encourage you to treasure the cross. But before you can really treasure the cross, you've got to ponder the cross, and you really got to know what happened on the cross. You're like, yeah, Jesus down on the cross. No, you've got to know what that means. And so, yes, tonight is the story of the manger and the stable and the shepherds and all that. But it's really about the cross. Because, hey, Jesus comes to all, but He came to all to go to the cross. And I hope you see it up here, but as you leave tonight, you'll see the cross as you depart. And your Christmas will also be about the cross. So before you treasure the cross, you have to ponder it. Ponder the cross. In the cross is love. It's all the love we have ever sought for and all of us. Me, look guys, me, all of us are desperate for love. We're desperate for approval. We're desperate for uh, the peace and love that Christmas this night represents. We want it. And so often, you know, we put all our hopes and it falls flat this night. In the cross is the love that we've always wanted and will always have if we take it. In the cross is the peace. It is the peace that everything that you've done in the past either you're ashamed of or maybe proud of, which pride's a sin too, or worried about or guilty about, we have peace that God forgives us in Jesus. And in the cross is joy in that we can stand before God right now if we believe in the cross and we'll never look any better. We'll never be any gooder. It's a good southern word. Gooder. Or better are more beautiful than when we say, I treasure the cross and what's happened on it. So we can have joy that regardless of the rest of our our lives on this earth and what we do or what we don't do, God will 
always look at us as His child with grace and with beauty and with love. There's love at the cross. There's peace on the cross. There's, there's joy in the cross. And there's hope. And there's hope in that the cross is not the end. That Jesus died and He was resurrected. Hope for those that many of us will think about tonight who are not with us. The empty chair. The empty sofa or wherever that loved one would sit. We think about them. That it wasn't the end. And we'll be with them again. There's hope in the resurrection for them. There's hope in the resurrection for us. And there's hope that in the resurrection, Jesus comes to us. And if you think about the resurrected Jesus, what did He do before He ascended into heaven? He came to the common man, the worker, Peter, who was a fisherman, who would go and lay out his nets and probably go to the pub if they had a pub at Galilee the next night. He came to the common person, to the worker. He came to Peter. He came to the thinker, to the questioner, who loved his mind, to Thomas, who doubted Jesus and was skeptical. Jesus came to Thomas. And then He came to the religious person who was so proud of how good he was and all he'd accomplished and all he'd done. He came to Paul. And He humbled Paul. And He blinded Paul first. And then Paul saw. Do you see? Do you see clearly that Jesus not only comes to us, but He came to die and give His life so that we could live forever. And we could live anew today. And eternity doesn't just start in heaven. It starts today. Maybe it starts Christmas Eve night. He comes to us all tonight. So I just, I'd simply close by saying this. We'll say a couple things. But many of you are going to feast tonight. I hope you do feast tonight. I'm going to feast tonight. I'm going to feast tomorrow too. Many, I hope you feast tomorrow. This is the time to feast. Treasure this time. Treasure the time tonight. But ponder. Ponder this. Bethlehem literally means the city of bread. Jesus called Himself our daily bread, the bread of life. And Jesus talks about His kingdom, not just the kingdom to come, the kingdom now, as a feast, a feast of believers, enjoying what Jesus has done in the cross, that we have the love that we've always looked for. We have the peace that we're forgiven. We have the joy that, that we can stand before God and we're beautiful and we're whole and we're complete. And we have hope in the resurrection. That is a feast. As I, as I prayed for these kids, we, we seek all these toys to fulfill us. And they don't and they won't. And I'm the worst one about it. May we know the bread of life which will fulfill us. God tonight came to our home, came to our home to be at home for a time. And then Jesus says, I stand at the door and knock. Because now Jesus wants to enter into your home and your heart. He is standing at the door and knocking. It is up to us to let Him in. But when we do, when we truly do, we will see. We'll have to ponder it. We'll have to ponder it over and over again. But begin to treasure that love, that joy, that peace, that hope that only Christ can bring. Let's pray together.
Dear Jesus, I thank you that you come to all of us, whether we take so much pride in our work or in all the good that we've done. You still come to us. You still meet us. You stand at the door and knock. I pray these, your people, would open the door. I pray for myself. I pray that I'd open the door in you tonight. I want to. I want these people to want to. Because I, I know, I listen to stories and I see... I see the, the struggles. Help them to, to let you in. Do whatever it takes. Help me let you in even more. I pray for those who are struggling, and may they know in Jesus is hope. I pray for those that we remember, and maybe when we get sadder down tonight, that it is not the end, and that we will see your glory both in heaven and on earth. May we see it now as we take communion and sing together. In Jesus' name, amen.